So yesterday I went to get my oil changed, Not and I had adult. well, I I do it regularly. Um, in fact, I was complimented by the mechanic for being so regular about my car maintenance. Um, wow, but that's but that's the end of this story. Uh oh. Um, so I had a coupon for a free tire rotation with an oil change, and I thought, yes, that is the thing that I need, and so. I went to the place and I was like, hello, I have this coupon for a free tire rotation with an oil change. And they're like, yep, great, cool. And so they put my car up on the thing right. so they could take the tires off. And they came back inside and they were like, okay, so also we want to replace your front brakes. And I was like, okay. And they're like, here, let us show you. And they did. And I was like, yes, you're right. These probably need to be replaced. And so we replaced them. Okay, great, cool. Okay. An hour and 45 minutes later, oh my gosh. I was allowed to leave, and I got in my car and realized that they had not actually changed my oil. <laughs> they just rotated my tires and replaced the brakes. So. And at this point, I was like, I don't feel like staying at this place any longer. <laughs> and so I drove away to another place to get my oil changed. You went to another place yes. to get your... Just so that you wouldn't have to go back to the yes, same place. Yes, exactly. I feel like that's your personality in a nutshell. It really is. It's my whole life. <laughs> yep. And then the mechanic was like, wow, you are really good at this. And I was like, well, it's a 2003 car and I don't want to die on the side of the road. So I get my maintenance done regularly. <laughs> High five for old cars. Old cars. I'm driving a 2000 and it is where it's at. <laughs> mm -hmm. Got these early 2000 silver SUVs. Here on the front porch. Super classy. That's us. Welcome to episode 93 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I am really good at getting my oil changed. And I'm Annie Jones, the owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. It's time for a reading recap. I feel like we need a jingle. I think you're right. I wish you'd just come up with one. I thought that's what you were going to do. Oh, I wish too. <laughs> I was thinking, listeners, are you interested in writing Ride a theme a song? Are you the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder? <laughs> are you interested in recording <laughs> a theme music for us? A theme music? I feel like Reading Recap deserves its own thing. I think so too. Yeah. We'll have to work on just that. Just like the super tech support music on Reply All? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so we'll That's great. Yep, okay, so we are going to do October's reading recap. You read some books this month. I did. I felt like it was a pretty good month. Um, though I felt like I started super strong and then as some things happened at the bookshelf that got me preoccupied and busy, brain it's been busy. A, it's been a month of change. Oh man, it has been a, a big month old of month of change. Yeah. And I haven't even been here for it. You you haven't, so welcome back to the bookshelf. It's totally hey, different. Hey, here I am. Um, yeah, we've had some staffing changes, and it's hopefully soon to be a busy, hectic holiday season. And yeah, so I think my reading reflects that, where I started really strong, was reading a lot, and then the more stressed I get, the less I read, though I'm working on returning to books as a source of comfort, not work. So hmm. I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> we will uh, keep you posted. We'll report back. Uh, so the first book you read, I remember when you got this one um, because you didn't realize it had come into the store and I was like, hey, we have this book and you were like, what? 
Um, it's Today Will Be Different by Maria Semple. Right. So I was super excited about this one because I loved, like a lot of people, I loved Where'd You Go, Bernadette. I loved Where'd You Go, Bernadette, but did not read Maria Semple's other book. Like, I, I was mm-hmm. unfamiliar with her other work. The only book I had read by her um, was Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which I think is a quirky, snarky, mother-daughter story. It's fantastic. I still love recommending that when people are looking for, like, a quick read. Um, Today Will Be Different is different from Where'd You Go. Um, but I liked it. And he, So here's the thing. Basically, the premise is this mom wakes up and she just vows to herself, today will be different. Mm-hmm. Today, And there's like this whole kind of page that the book starts like, today I will change out of yoga pants. Today I will feed my child a nutritional breakfast. Today I will go to poetry class. Like, So it's like that time that I just decided to buy a French press <laughs> and like started just changed the change way that I made coffee life. and it made my whole life different. Yeah. Okay. And, and so I liked that premise. I mean, it sounds a little cliche mommy diary. I don't know. Mm. Like I, at first I thought, I don't know, but also I am guilty of that where mm-hmm. I wake up and I think, you know what? Today has got to be different. Like I'm going to do these things today and my life is going to change. Mm-hmm. I'm very resolution oriented, goal oriented. So like that resonated with me. The book reads so differently from where'd you go Bernadette that I can't tell if I liked it or not. Mm. I certainly didn't love it, but at the same time, like I want to read it with other people so that I can know what they think. And in fact, I actually feel really guilty about this now that I think of it. But somebody emailed me and said, hey, I just finished. Today will be different. I need to talk to somebody about it. I'm sure you've probably read it by now. What do you think? Mm -hmm. So I know I'm not the only one having these feelings. Um, I did not email that person back. So note to self that I need to email somebody today. Uh Um, But I... If you liked Gail Foreman's Leave Me, which I've talked about on this podcast before, which was a little cheesy, but I thought overall was a fun um, book to read kind of about motherhood. If you like those books about, I don't know how she does it, or um, I don't know, the movie Bad Moms, like maybe this is for you. I, I just, the tone was so different. Now, one of my friends who read this book said it was a lot like reading Maria Simple's first book. Okay. So maybe... I just am only familiar with the with, aberration. Exactly. Yeah, okay. So, loved Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Liked Today Will Be Different. But. Asterisk. Yes. Yeah. Asterisk. Like, read it in a group. Read it with your mom, friends. I'm not a mom, though, and I did enjoy it. So, mm-hmm. just FYI, you can enjoy it and not be a mom. Um, but yeah, discuss it with people. And then I think it'll be even better. We'll put it that way. And I think that's my whole approach to reading anyway. I want to talk about the things I'm reading with people because yes. reading in a vacuum is not... Not always great. No. Um, it's not really possible. And that's why that's why we do what we do. Right. I mean, that's why I do what and I do. that's what I do what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I teach literature. <laughs> yeah. And being able to be in a bookstore and basically have little book clubs with people who come in. So right. anyway, that was Today Will Be Different. Excellent. The next one is like a surprising pick, I think. It's out of genre for you, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a book that I've been very curious about since it came out. So talk to me about Dark Matter. Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Um, I kept seeing this, I have said before, I get a lot of book recommendations off Instagram. Mm -hmm. Shauna Nequist posts a lot of great book recommendations. Elise Blaha Kripe um, posts a lot of great book recommendations. I'll link to them in the show notes. But I felt like I was seeing 
um, dark matter appear in those different places. And then heard an interview with the author on NPR. Suzanne, one of our loyal listeners and customers, was like, oh, you would really like this. And I thought, I don't know that I... Like, the description and the blurbs on the back and the authors who were featured on the back, I thought, I don't really know if this is for me. But for whatever reason, one weekend I decided I was going to try it. And much like my reading experience with The Martian... I dove in and then what didn't want to put it down, like mm-hmm. just wanted to finish. Um, and what The Martian did for space, I think um, Dark Matter does for physics. And so, of course, I was reading this book and Jordan was like, oh, what are you reading? And I said, oh, this is this book called Dark Matter. And he knew exactly what Dark Matter was <laughs> because he's Jordan. Um, but I did not know what Dark Matter was. And I'm not going to say it here because I feel like it's a fun kind of discovery in the mm-hmm. novel. Um, but basically... A professor leaves his home. He's had this wonderful evening with his wife and kid, but then he goes to a bar to, like, celebrate with colleagues. And then as he's leaving the bar, um, he's kidnapped. And the book immediately proceeds at a pretty um, fast pace from there. It reminded me so much of those fantastic 1990s Harrison Ford movies. <laughs> like, like, do you know yeah, what I'm talking I about? Do. Like, those action movies that your parents watched? Mm-hmm. Um I love those. I don't know if it's like this nostalgia of my parents watching them on TBS or like, I don't know, or me watching them on TBS. Right. But I love those movies. And this reminded me of that. And like, I so vividly could see Harrison Ford, a young Harrison Ford playing this part. Um, But there's lots of mystery, intrigue, suspense. um, And I'm even recommending it to my commercial suspense fans. So, like, we in the bookshelf don't always carry a ton of James Patterson, David Baldacci. Like, we try to carry current, Mm -hmm. like their most recent. Recent one or two. But it's hard to carry their entire backlist. Right, because they have hundreds. They have so many. And a lot of the truest fans of that genre read them right when they come out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know, down the road I may need to reevaluate that. But for now, that's the way it is. So the other day a woman came in, and I think she was slightly disappointed that we didn't have um, a particular author, maybe Lee Child. And, you know, I told her we could order it for her. And then I said, but you know what? I think you might like this. And she did. Like, she came back and told me that she had really enjoyed it. So it's a standalone Mm -hmm. book. But if, whether you are like a commercial John Grisham, James Patterson fan, or you're somebody like me who maybe prefers... Um, high literary fiction. Like, I think this is a fun middle ground for you. Because Suzanne, the customer who kind of pushed me toward this book, also typically reads high literary. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of like that this book is covering some middle ground, which I think The Martian did, too, for a lot of people. I think The Martian did, too, because as we've said on the podcast before, like, The Martian is not a spectacularly written book. Mm -mm. It's not literary fiction. It's not good from a craft standpoint. But I loved it. Yeah. Um, I was so invested in it from, like, page 15. Like, it was just so good. Um, so this sounds kind of similar. Yeah. Talking about Harrison Ford reminded me of the fact that I've read all of Dan Brown's yes. <laughs> corpus. Um, again, those are kind of trash novels that, right. I, that I really enjoy, yeah. <laughs> even when I hate them. But thinking about how, like, Dan Brown went to such lengths in his books to describe Robert Langdon as Harrison Ford. And then Tom Hanks was in the movies. And, like, I love Tom Hanks. It's hard not to love Tom Hanks, I think. But I do do wonder. (laughs) I do think he's an odd choice for that. 
Um, and I, so I, while reading this, thought, this is better written than The Martian, I think. Um, and I think everybody can agree on that, probably, um, maybe critics. But um, the other thing I thought was interesting is he's a TV writer. Oh, and I interesting. I can't remember what all he's written. It probably would be familiar to you. Um, I'm going to quickly look that up. Yeah, so he's a television writer. So another comp title is if you liked Noah Hawley's Before the Fall. I think you would probably love Dark Matter. And I felt so-so about Before the Fall, but a lot of people I know loved it. And so if you liked Noah Hawley's Before the Fall, you would like Blake Crouch's um, Dark Matter. Blake Crouch did Wayward Pines. Yeah, uh, Which I have not seen, but it gets pretty good reviews. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that was... And you're right, totally outside my genre, which to me means somebody else might really enjoy it right. too. I think it's kind of being universally liked, which is nice. That's really great. <laughs> I feel like I we like need some of those. like books. Yeah, and when people, and we're all, when we're all on the same page, just yeah. occasionally, let's just all like the same thing. Can Sometimes. We? Tom, it's Tom Hanks does that for Tom us. Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks and then this little, uh, this little thriller book. My friends and I were trying to write a TV show in high school um, and we recorded one episode, but it began with this like five-minute debate about Tom Hanks and my character defending Tom Hanks is the everyman. Everybody loves Tom Hanks. You can't hate Tom Hanks. So my life has come full circle is what I'm saying. Oh, and here we are. That it is ten years later and I'm having the same Still conversation. Still talking about Tom. Tom Hanks, a.k.a. David S. Pumpkins. Oh. Juniper is your next book. Yeah, I've told you about this one. You're going to remember it, I think, when we talk about it. But it's by Kelly and Thomas French. It was co-written um, by a husband and wife. Um... Let me say that I would never have picked up Juniper on my own. Mm -hmm. The cover to me is not great, but it might be great to somebody else. It's not a book I would typically pick up. It's like a little baby sitting on a beach. Oh, this one. Yeah. I'm not going to read that book. However, um, as many of you now know, I was at SEBA about a month ago and was at the Movable Feast of Authors where authors were rotating tables and I happened to be in the chair next to the author. And so different authors came during this luncheon, and Kelly Thomas, no, Kelly French was at this luncheon, and she proceeded to tell us about Juniper. Um, This is a book that she and her husband wrote after she published a series of articles in the Tampa Bay, is it the Times? Times Tribune. Times, yes, they combined. Okay, Times Tribune. And they were nominated or up for the Pulitzer. And she did not say that at the luncheon, and I wish she had. (laughs) And I'm sure she was probably just not mentioning that. Yeah, being modest. But I wish she had because I kept thinking, and no, please, I do not mean anything by this too much. But, like, I thought it was going to be, like, another mommy blogger book. Mm -hmm. And I have read a couple of mommy blogger books that I actually really like, full, you know, full disclosure. But... I wish I had known up front that she was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. So is her husband. So she's been nominated. Her husband has won. Um, And they both wrote this book about their child who was born at 23 weeks, six days. Hmm. And medically, the viability of an infant um, occurs at 24 weeks. And so this book is all about the scientific measures taken to save their child's life and the ethics of that and the decision-making, you know, what all went into that decision. And a couple of things, and we'll link to this in the show notes. One, the reason I picked up the book wasn't just meeting Kelly, but she mentioned that she and her husband had been featured on Radiolab, an episode Mm -hmm. of Radiolab. And I thought, well, I'll listen to the episode, and that way I'll determine if it's a book I want to read. And so on the way home from Savannah, Jordan and I both listened to this episode, and Jordan's not much of a crier, 
I am depending on the situation, I guess. But like, I think we both got a little tearful listening to it. It's really powerful storytelling, as is often the case with Radiolab. Mm-hmm. Um, but the episode is called 23 Weeks, Six Days, and it's fantastic. They just, I think in the last six months, did an update episode. So you can find it um, in iTunes, and we'll link to it. But I picked up this book, read a few chapters, really was blown away. I thought the writing is really great, especially for somebody like me who loves feature writing. I love narrative journalism. Um, and then also just brings up these questions of, of life and science. And so I'm recommending it if you like feature writing, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, but also if you liked When Breath Becomes Air, I feel like there are similar elements there where we're mm-hmm. kind of talking about the ethics of life. Medical ethics. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, Juniper by Kelly and Thomas French. I really liked it. Really good. Cool. Um, your next one is in the garden of small beginnings. Yeah. This one is by Abby Waxman. And this I'm afraid is my like token galley ARC. Mm -hmm. So you will not be able to find this book in stores right now. It's coming out next summer. Um, but the reason I read it was Chris, you stuffed it in my hands because it was an unbound manuscript that they said if I read and enjoyed, oh, that's right. I could submit a blurb to go on a copy of the official galley, I guess, <laughs> when it comes out. So I did. Um, I moved it to the top of my reading list. This is a really cute story. It's perfect. Like when it comes out next summer, it'll be good, fun summer reading. Um, basically, this woman has been a widow. She's raising her children and. She is an illustrator, an artist, and she gets roped into illustrating this vegetable book. And so she has to take these gardening classes with her kids. And her sister joins in the fun. The cast of characters is my favorite part about this book. Um, I just loved the people I was hanging out with. Like, it wasn't the most literary book I have ever read. Mm -hmm. Um, Every chapter is followed by this little fun kind of gardening tip. Um, But I... The characters, you just couldn't help but kind of like them. They were they were real and flawed and funny and creative. And I loved the sister relationship of the main character and her sister, who are both coping after the loss of her husband. Um, I thought the kids were well-written, which is not always the case about adult literature. <laughs> so, yeah, in the, gardens of, in the Garden of Small Beginnings, I think could be a really fun book to read next summer. It's coming out as a paperback original, which I think is perfect Mm -hmm. because it's the kind of book you'll probably want to read at home on your front porch or when you go to the beach. Um, and also like it's a novel of hope and it's, it's super funny. Um, which is interesting because she's also tackling some tough subjects about grief and widowhood and what life looks like after you've lost somebody. Um, and then also the new family that we kind of create for ourselves with friendship. So yeah, I really, I really did like it, and I wrote a blurb. So I remember getting that mail and giving it to you when you got in the store because I thought this looks like Kitchen's Great Midwest. Yeah, was that accurate? So it is not to, to me quite as well written as Kitchen's of the Great Midwest, um, but I think the vibe is similar. Mm-hmm. Meaning you've got this family that you care about mm-hmm. and you want to know what happens to them. Um, to me, Kitchens was so unique because it was almost short stories all combined into one. Like, it was so you gotta rich. Read, gotta read Goon Squad uh, every time. Every <laughs> time. I'm going to keep saying it until you read Visit from the Goon Squad by Jennifer Egan, winner of the... What what prize was that? The was Pulitzer? It the Pulitzer? Pretty sure it was the Pulitzer. Yep. Um, it is on my nightstand. Um, quite literally on my nightstand. But, yeah, so Kitchens... 
to me is like its own original. I just found that book to be so original. This is a I little love more kitchens, for the record. <laughs> yeah, this one is a little more um, cutesy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but but again, I really liked it. Right. So I can't wait. To, I will really enjoy. I think selling that one um, next summer. So. So be on the lookout for that one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we I did try to read a lot, a nice mix this time, <laughs> so that you're not just writing down books that you cannot read right now. I know that's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> but up next, we have The Children. Oh, okay. So people who have found our podcast, thanks to the Modern Mrs. Darcy, What Should I Read Next podcast, will know that while I was on that episode, I or while I was on that podcast, Anne selected for me The Children by Anne Leary. And that was, she had three recommendations for me, but that's the one that I immediately thought, yes, I can do that. I loved it. Mm -hmm. I cannot, I'm so excited because I was nervous-y about going on the podcast because I'm a bookseller, Anne's a book blogger. Like, what if we can't find a book, not that I haven't heard of, but like, it's rare now to find a book that I haven't at least heard of. And that's kind of disappointing pointing sometimes it takes out the it takes out the discovery of books you know what I mean like I don't wander into a bookstore anymore and be like well I've never heard of this like I feel like I've heard of a lot of books I haven't Mm -hmm. read them all but I've heard of them the children I had not even heard of um it came out earlier this year it is a great summer springtime book just because of the location um and since it's still 80 degrees here that worked (laughs) out for me um but it is about a dysfunctional family it's why Anne selected it for me um and what happens with this kind of lake house and the surrounding property um when the patriarch dies and the matriarch is still around but the two stepsons um the patriarch's biological sons Mm -hmm. have really inherited the property. So do they kick the mother out? Like that kind of thing. Um, So you've got just this really interesting group of characters. It reminded me in tone of Seating Arrangements by Maggie Shipstead. Shipstead. Um, Thought it was really well written. I had not read Anne Leary before, but I immediately stocked it in the bookstore because I thought we can sell this. Like it's, it's great. If you liked, if you're like me and you liked the nest and Commonwealth, it's the same kinds of, um, kinds of the, the growing pains of a family kind of story. So, um, I, I really liked it and I'm really grateful to Anne because again, I wasn't sure I wanted to be able to find a book that I had not heard of and Anne right. succeeded. So. so good work, Anne. Yeah, so well done. As we all knew, I mean, she's she's good at her job. And so it was really fun to go on her show, but then also to kind of reap the rewards of going on her show. Like I found this book that I hadn't heard of and now I get to sell it in my store. And that sounds, it sounds kind of similar in premise to The Children's Crusade okay. by Anne Packer, which is that is. beautiful cover it is beautiful. that we had in the store and none of us have read it yet. No, but it is a similar premise. Um, and that's top of, not top, but like top 10 of my will read when I'm able to read again. Right. When you um, have a life. When I have a life, which is so soon. So close. So soon. You're getting there. I'm so close. Um, so that's good. Yeah. Families, dead parents. Yes. Kids. And it's those, it's those <laughs> I think I love the books that have these children who are around my age. So like 20s and 30s kind of trying to still figure out who they are, but also take care of, in some cases, take care of aging parents or take care of the consequences of when their parents have passed. Um, So trying to grow up when we should be grown up, but we're still somehow not. Um, Anyway, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was funny in all the right parts. Um, It had this really interesting plot with the main character being 
a mommy blogger, but she's mm. not a mommy. She oh, fakes it all. Interesting. And I thought that was such a really clever plot line. Oh. Um, and, and the consequences of that behavior. And that's not a spoiler. Like, you'll discover that right when you first start the book. But um, I was so intrigued by that premise and that plot line that I couldn't help but keep reading. <laughs> so, anyway, The Children by Anne Leary. Highly recommend. Thank you, Anne Bogle. And your final one, which is maybe an unfortunate juxtaposition title-wise next to The Children, it's Who Killed These Girls? <laughs> okay, so here is something I think you will know about me if you've listened to this podcast for any period of time. If I get into a reading slump, I typically gravitate toward a thriller. And I don't know why that is, because this year that has kind of failed me. <laughs> like, this year that that has not worked for me. It used to work like clockwork, but, like, it's not working for me this year. Because it gets you to, like, read something quickly, and then you feel like you're in the mood for reading, and you want to read something good after that. Exactly. Right. Okay, so I picked up Who Killed These Girls strictly on two things. Number one, Ann Patchett recommended it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, Ann Patchett recommends this true crime book. It's not a novel. It's a true crime. Okay, I love journalism. Like, super interested. The writer wrote for The New Yorker, Vanity Fair. Like, I'm thinking, okay, great. I liked Making of a Murderer on Netflix. Like, this is all... We're Jordan and I are really intrigued by the work of The Innocence Project. Like, this is all super interesting. And the second reason I picked it up is I had heard about this case. Um, they're called the Yogurt Shop Murders out of Austin, Texas. Happened several, several years ago, um, but kind of shook the town of Austin before Austin became what it is today. Mm-hmm. And it was basically this super gruesome murder. These high school girls were working at the yogurt shop, and after they closed, someone shot them and then burned the whole yogurt shop down. Oh. And to the point where you couldn't even recognize the girls, like really horrific. And I heard about this either on a newspaper article or on a podcast, like I heard about this somewhere. And so when I saw the book and I knew Ann Patchett recommended it, I thought, okay, I'm going to take this home and just fly through it on a weekend. Um, Because I had started another book. We'll talk about it in a second. But I had started another book and just needed something to kind of finish quickly to feel Mm -hmm. like I'd accomplished something. And instead, I started Who Killed These Girls? And I'm still reading it. I'm almost done. That's why we're including it on this uh, podcast. But it's been a full week, which mm. is too long, in my opinion, for a true crime. Like, and it's not a super long book. Well, it's longer than I thought. Mm. It's like 300 pages, which isn't long. Right. But for a true <laughs> crime... I mean, and we're not all reading medieval lit at home. So, like... Medieval <laughs> lit is mostly short. Okay, but some of what you're reading are, like, tomes. So, like, I'm not reading that... And when I pick up a true crime, I think, let's get this going. Like, you, right. we can know what happens. I don't need each trial mm, written out detail by detail. But maybe some people do because Ann Patchett loved it. So I'm curious if anybody else has read this because maybe what I find to be bogged down in details, which is probably why I read fiction Mm -hmm. um like maybe other people are thinking this adds to the story this is super interesting um i don't know i i wanted to like it more than i did especially because aunt patcha liked it i just feel like i want to like what aunt patcha likes but (laughs) but i didn't i didn't love this one and i'm probably 50 pages away from being done i'm intrigued by what happens because i still don't know the end result I know some people went to prison, but I don't know if they've been found exonerated. Like, I'm not quite sure. So um, I'm ready to find out what happens, but I'm also just disappointed in how long it's taking me to get there. Right. 
but maybe that's how the people of Austin felt. I don't know. Uh, that's possible. I'm going to bring up Reply All again because it's all I care about anymore. <laughs> Um, but that room, the premise reminds me of Shruti Pinamaneni's, um, like multi-part episode on the inside where she interviewed that man who had been, um, accused of murder and tried for it and found guilty, but he was still maintaining his own innocence from prison. Yes. Um, and it was also this, like, it was people getting killed in like a fried chicken restaurant. Yes. So that, yeah. It sounds so similar. In fact... Maybe that's what I thought I was reading. <laughs> I'm not kidding because I kept thinking, I know I have heard about this before. Um, and also I think podcasts have really spoiled me because if a podcast is done well, they tell a story in a totally different right. way. And so I listened to that little series on Reply All, obviously listened to Serial, Serial yep. but then I just finished the series In the Dark, uh-huh. um, which is really was really fantastically done about um, the Jacob Wetterling case right. in Minnesota. Um that was so well-crafted. And this could be well-crafted, but maybe I'm just used to hearing these stories or to watching them, like watching them documentary style, because this, for some reason, just feels like I am positively slogging through. I have skimmed quite a bit of this book just so I can find out what happens to these, not what happens to the girls, but what happens to their families, if anybody is ever charged with these crimes. I have found for myself that TV is the correct medium for true crime. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like reading it. This may, and I have not, I typically read, um, you know, suspenseful novels. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a departure for me. I mean, I read, I read the Amanda Knox, um, memoir a couple years ago. Oh, Um, yeah. when it came out, didn't love it, thought it was interesting, preferred the documentary that just came out on Netflix right. a couple weeks ago. So maybe you're right. Maybe there's a certain medium for it. If you are a true crime fan and you're listening to this, I'd be curious what you think about this book. Maybe I'm just missing something because somebody like Ann Patchett read it. So there's got to be something there. So please let us know what you think. You can tweet at us or find us on Instagram. We'll give you those tags at the end of the, or not tags, what are they called? Handles. Handles. We'll give you our handles. We're we're new at this. It's fine. We're only only 93 episodes in. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that, uh, those are the books that I read in October. And you mentioned another one. Yes. So I started My Brilliant Friend. Oh, that's right. So We talked about this two days ago when we recorded the other That's podcast. right. So I'm excited just to kind of put in a plug that I am reading that book specifically for this podcast because we got a couple of requests that we wanted to have a discussion um, about My Brilliant Friend. So I am reading it. Hunter is reading it. And then we are bringing on a new um, person to do these Love It or Loathe It episodes with us. So Emily McKenna, who has been a podcast guest before. Excellent. So exciting. Yeah. is going to be... Do- doing this discussion with me and Hunter and I'm really excited because I think the three of us have different enough tastes where this will still be really fascinating Um, and people have pretty strong opinions about my brilliant friend and the Neapolitan novels so I have started it I have opinions already Um, cannot wait to share them excellent we will all be looking forward to that yeah Um, I also want to go ahead and put in a plug for our online store Um, we are so grateful to our growing listenership. And one thing that we want you to know is that the books that I have mentioned on this episode are going to be on our online store. So if you heard a title that you really want to read um, and you don't have a local independently owned bookstore in your town, we would love to be that presence for you. So you can find these books and other titles at um, bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. And as usual, you can also find full episodes of From the Front Porch on iTunes and on our store website. Again, that's bookshelfthomasville.com. 
And if there are other books that you're interested in buying and they're not listed in our shop, you can email us. Um, you can find our emails on the store website. Again, that is bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also find us on social media and talk to us there on Twitter and Instagram at bookshelftville. We always have things going on in and around the shop. Get to see some of our crazy lives in this little town. <laughs> and we'd love to see you there. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week.